1: Hey everybody, and welcome to another edition of Women's Wellness Podcast. I'm Dr. Ron Eaker, OBGYN podcaster, husband, father, author, marathoner, I don't know, I've run out of things. Today's topic is going to be, are you an apple, a pear, or a rutabaga? Now by now most of you are aware of the characterizations of body types based on shape. I do find it a little bit curious that all these comparisons seem to be centered around food. It's probably no secret that the reality is that food is generally the culprit responsible for most of these shapes. I find it ironic that the very thing that is responsible is what it's compared to. Maybe we ought to start labeling people based on their resemblance to, I don't know, cars, for example. Your Aunt Bertha would be a Hummer. Your little sister a Mini Cooper, your crazy uncle a Gremlin, and your dad a Lincoln Town Car. It could get a bit complicated and probably very insulting, so we ought to just stick to the apple and the pear. Now, Traditionally, the apple shape, that's essentially round with most of the weight centered around the waist, has been identified as the less desirable of the shapes strictly from a health standpoint. It's not just an old food tale, as there's real science behind why this is more dangerous. Let's start with a quick lesson on everybody's favorite topic, body fat. For this discussion, think of fat as existing in two places in the body, under the skin, which we refer to as subcutaneous, or around the internal organs, which we call visceral. And that's the fat that seems to be more located in the abdominal area. And let's also think about fat as a dynamic tissue. In other words, fat is constantly being broken down for energy and reaccumulated based on energy requirements. So it's a little deceptive to say that on any given Thursday, this glob of uh, fat in your abdominal area is the same fat that was there last Thursday and the Thursday before that. Because quite honestly, the fat that maybe is in that abdominal area this Thursday was actually maybe in the thighs two Thursdays ago. So it really is a dynamic process of building and breakdown, building and breakdown. So when we talk about fat, we really talk about two things. One, total body fat. And then we break it down into compartments, as I just mentioned, of subcutaneous and uh, visceral. And I think those are the important distinctions that we want to make, because otherwise it gets a little bit confusing. And I think it may be surprising for people, because oftentimes they think, well, this. Since I can't see this fat migrating from my thigh to my stomach, then it probably is always there. But no, that's not the case. Fat is constantly in this turnaround and turnover in the system. So we need to think of it in that respect. And I think when you think of it that way, it makes it a little bit easier to understand how fat leaves a particular area. And we'll touch on that in just a moment. You know, as a surgeon, I'm almost always surprised by chopping somebody open and finding little bits of fat right under the skin, only to run into a literal lard farm deep inside. And sometimes, quite honestly, it can be just the opposite. Sometimes people will have a tremendous amount of subcutaneous fat, and it might take a longer time to actually dig through all that to get down to the organs and then once you get inside there's really relatively small fat located internally. We suspect that a lot of this is probably genetics. Some of it may have to do with a person's diet and nutrition, but my guess is a lot of this is genetically related. The organ fat is the bad stuff, well why is that? The fat under your skin really serves some very important purposes. It provides a cushioning to the tissues. It provides a uh, way of regulating temperature. That's a big part of the subcutaneous fat as insulation, Uh, but it's the fat around the internal organs that raises health concerns because that's the fat that's generally mobilized first whenever the fat-burning enzymes start releasing fat into the bloodstream, and it's that fat that circulates into the bloodstream that is the real problem associated with things like atherosclerosis if you have an inflammatory change in an artery and it's that's where the lesion initiates and then all of a sudden you see this, all this extra fat in the bloodstream and that inflammatory change in the artery is is like a velcro sticking all these fat cells and that's what begins the buildup that we know of as atherosclerosis or hardening of the arteries you know the fat under your skin will make you jiggle when you jostle but the visceral fat is at first to get broken down into your bloodstream and then weasel its way into the heart vessels and the brain vessels and that's where it can contribute to clogging up and setting the stage for multiple number of diseases the more of this abdominal or visceral fat that you have and you know who you are the greater your risk of things like heart attack stroke diabetes and triple XL pajamas now the pear shape on the other hand may not be desirable from a runway model perspective But it's generally associated with less disease propensity and it all goes back to that same philosophy fat is going to be released from the abdominal area first especially in response to things like stress hormones you know when we're stressed out when we're put in that fight or flight scenario the adrenaline or epinephrine that's secreted from our adrenal glands It's a good thing because that stimulates the muscle to burn glucose to take up oxygen so you can run away from that saber-toothed tiger. It stimulates the fat to release its energy into the bloodstream so you'll have a nice source of energy when you're running away from that saber-toothed tiger. Well, we ain't running away from too many saber-toothed tigers in this day and time so our stress is quite a bit different and the demands on our body for the stress is a little bit different but the physiological responses are the same so that same epinephrine or adrenaline triggers release of fat cells into the bloodstream and normally if we were running away from that saber-toothed tiger we'd utilize that in the liver or the muscles to sustain us, but since we're not really doing that, since we're mainly sitting in our cubicle experiencing the stress, or you're sitting at work and being yelled at by your boss, where you'd like to run away, but you really can't, but the bottom line is when that fat is released, it's what really creates the medical problem. If you have less fat in that area, uh, it's going to get into the bloodstream less efficiently, so that's why when you have more fat in the hip and thigh area, it's not released as rapidly so you don't see that same elevation of the free fatty acids in the bloodstream that you do when you, see, when you have an abundance of that abdominal fat. So that's kind of a simplistic explanation as to why the pear shape is a little bit less bothersome than the apple shape. But the, the 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 bottom line is, uh, you know, even though rump roast and thunder thighs may not be a goal of yours, uh, but the fat in these two areas just don't pose as great a health risk. But here's really the rub: for most of us, whether we end up with an apple or a pear, as I mentioned, it's largely genetically determined. There are oh myriad of complex influences on where fat is deposited on any one individual. There's tremendous evidence that a majority of that may be related to genetics, and it may go back to some of that uh, control, or the lack of control you may feel when you just say, well, this is just my genes, I can't do anything about it. Well, we're finding more and more that things like epigenetics or behaviors can actually influence which, which genes are expressed. So you aren't chained, you aren't a prisoner of your genes. You can sometimes affect that by behavior. So the question is are we all predestined to just suffer, uh, ending up looking like whatever this particular fruit turns out to be? Well, no. The secret is not to gain the excess fat to start with. Now that's easier said than done. That's a lesson that is very hard to learn, and oftentimes by the time we learn that lesson, it's too late. But in an ideal setting, uh, not getting the fat to start with is the best approach. And that's why I feel like it's so important that we serve as role models for our kids, because if we begin Teaching good health habits as parents to our children early on, that sets the norm for what is expected. That's how they learn how to be an adult, is by watching mom and dad. And quite honestly, if mom and dad are going to McDonald's three times a day and have constant access to a box of cheesy poofs, that's probably not going to send the right message to the child. Uh, so I, they, In fact, that was a major premise of the book I wrote, Healthy Habits for a Fit Family, is that oftentimes there is a combination of genetics and behavior that influences where this fat is deposited, and the only thing that you truly can affect is behavior, and that starts at an early age, and the only way that will ever happen is if parents take the initiative to begin teaching early on by words and deeds and by example to make healthy lifestyle choices. So as I said the secret is to try to not to gain the excess fat to start with. You can't build either the apple or the pear without the necessary doughy contents. Now there are some people who genetically have alterations in certain enzymes or certain metabolic pathways that uh, this is just going to happen almost regardless of nutrition. Uh, An example may be uh, certain chromosome issues, for example, for example, Down syndrome is associated with certain changes in hormones that regulate the metabolism and it tends to be associated with more weight gain. Uh, not necessarily abdominally but certainly the pear-shaped. But if you're like three-fourths of the population and you've already well along to fulfilling your fruit construction, take heart. You can peel off that particular produce. Losing weight tends to shed the visceral fat, that's the fat around the abdominal area, quickest. So even though you may not see the external benefits immediately, know that you're doing your health a great favor one of the things we do in our weight loss program which really is a great illustration to help motivate folks is we do a body composition analysis and it's a simple tool where we measure the visceral fat on their first visit and then we measure that again at week six and week 12 and then periodically as we need to so even though sometimes people will come in and Maybe they've only lost uh, one or two pounds on the scale. When we do a body composition analysis, we see that they've lost significantly more in their visceral fat, which can dramatically reduce their long-term health risk. In fact, just losing 10% of body fat can make a huge difference in people's risks uh, for cardiovascular disease, stroke, hypertension, diabetes, and a multitude of other problems. So we don't always just rely on the scale that's total body weight including muscle, bone, water. It's really all about the body fat and that's why body composition analysis scales that are very simple. In fact there you can get those almost anywhere now and there. They've come down in, in cost so they're not that expensive. But if you're really interested in trying to lose the right kind of weight. Get one of those scales that can measure percent body fat and use that as your guide as your measurement of success. So instead of an apple or a pear, really strive to be a banana. That's all for today. This is Dr. Ron Eaker. Thanks for listening, and as always, make healthy choices.
0: Thank you for listening to the Women's Online Wellness Podcast. To join the conversation, access show notes, and discover bonus content, join our private Facebook community by sending a request to Women's Online Wellness. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, just head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For questions about the podcast or to get more information, email Dr. Eker at reaker at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, choose to be healthy.